Hey family, you're tuning in to the Jimmy Bonds podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Pardon any technical difficulties as we are recording live on the Zoom platform. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Jimmy! Lights, camera, action. Some people thought I quit and I ain't giving satisfaction. From a different era, writing rhymes up on napkins. What you had to say was more important, man, than traffic. Yeah, I'm talking back to speaking the contemporary. What's good, family, and welcome to another episode of Jimmy Bond's Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. This episode is sponsored by Major Flavor Catering. I'm your host, Jimmy Bonds. I'm here with my co-host, Ty T. Wow, what's good, Ty? How you feeling? JB, how you doing, family? I'm doing good, family. I'm doing good. I'm also here with my other co-host, Miss T with the T. What's up, T? How you doing? I'm feeling good, Jimmy. How about you? I'm doing good, Mom. I'm doing good. Family, remember, you can call us with your comments or questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybosspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybosspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Now, family, on today's episode, we are discussing a topic that a couple weeks ago, me and Ty had a discussion about with the COVID-19 pandemic affecting everybody, we felt that it was important to start discussing this issue. And the issue we are discussing today is evictions and homelessness. I know this topic isn't discussed frequently. You hear it in the news a lot now. But what I felt was important was we needed to talk about this because there are a lot of people who are affected by evictions. And COVID-19 has become the main reason as to why people are facing these issues. You know, I wanted to go in, I wanted to get the team's input on it. I wanted to see what they felt about it, you know, what, what they had made, you know, read about it, did research on. Eviction destabilizes communities. It rips people apart from, from communities that they build. With the cost of living where it is today and the majority of people's income going towards their rent or their home or their mortgage, this is something that I think we all have to really start paying attention to. And I say now because it might be too late in a month or two. It might be too late. And, and six months from now, the government is not acting fast enough to put a halt on these evictions to prevent people from being homeless. We got to open this discussion. We got to open this dialogue. We understand people in these circumstances are going through it. And let's say let's shine a bright light on it. I wanted to get Ty and T's point of view on it. Um, T, what did you think about what you found out from doing your research on evictions and homelessness? I found out a lot, but I'm going to start off with the COVID-19 part. Perfect. It is predicted that I'm just going to say this year, because we're still in 2020, that 350,000 people will be evicted this year because of COVID-19. Because unemployment is not doing it at this point, and half mm-hmm. the people are getting off because now unemployment has ran out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the main reason, like you said before, it's because of all the stuff that's happening now. I don't know how it was like during like a 9-11 and all that stuff, because I was like, younger around that time, but I know there was another like recession and all that stuff. I don't know if it was as bad as this, but this is pretty crazy. I mean, I mean, crazy is not crazy. Is one of them words that we think about, like you know, people sitting in an asylum. Like this is, this is preposterous. This is just preposterous. Yes. Okay. There is this. There is no reason why people should be facing this situation right now. Okay. No reason at all. I mean, it's it's just utter stupidity. I have nothing else to say about about that. Just why these things haven't happened. So, Todd, what you what did you find out? Just you know a little. Like, just a little bit of what you found out about it. I mean, I came across some of the same information, but it's hitting, like, nationwide. Yeah. Nevada, Alabama, Florida, (laughs) Mississippi, New York, and Tennessee are being hit the hardest right now, and Texas is being hit harder than those states. Yeah. The eviction moratorium for Pennsylvania was supposed to expire August the 31st. Okay. And that's for renters. Right. You know? Right. Uh, but also found that for PHA, their renters, it has been extended until March of 21. Okay. Okay. But that does That's not include wonderful. regular renters that are renting from like private landlords, so right. on and so forth. The, the public housing aspect of it, um, they really they really made an important focus on we got to make sure these people are not evicted yeah. out of the public housing. Um, but like you said, Ty, right. the only it only relates to people that are in public housing. It doesn't relate to people who are in private private dwellings, shall I say. I, I'm glad to hear that the Pennsylvania is doing that. And, you know, that's that's a that's a step in the right direction. You know, it, it's one of those things you feel like 
like, okay, that's good. You know, that, that's a positive aspect of it. Okay, you know, because I'm about to drop yeah. some, some stats that aren't too positive, okay? Too happy, shall I say. Yeah. I got some I got some right after you. You got, you got some right after sad. me. It's, it's sad. Yeah, it was depressing doing it, it, this. I mean, and, and, you know, see, when I was researching this thing, I was, I was about to post something on Facebook about how mm. depressing yeah. this issue mm-hmm. is, you know? Mm-hmm. And people don't understand the real reality of being homeless or being evicted. But, you know, some of the stats I found out, it says out of, in America, apparently there's 110 million renters. And out of those 110 million, about 20% of them are expected to face eviction. And America's not prepared for that. You know what I'm saying? They're not prepared for those repercussions. They're not prepared for what happens after, you know, people go home. Because right. when, when you lose your home, all bets are off, okay? Like, like the way you lived and how your, how your thought pattern was and what you thought about before is not the same. It is not the same. How you have to live and operate is not the same. You know, it, it's, it's just ridiculous. So, family, I'm going to just go into these stats. Here we go. So, there's an estimated 30, of, 30 to 40 million people could be at risk of being evicted based on COVID-19. You know, it, it, has, it has to do more, not just with, you know, can people pay their rent. It has to do with what people are making to pay their rent. Okay? So, the fact of the matter is, the income of people, the income of, of society, income of the population has gone, has stayed flat for 20 years. It's been flat. It has not gone up. Meanwhile, rent and the cost of, and the cost of shelter and homes, the cost of housing, has gone up 70% in 20 years. So that means that yes. two decades ago, you could afford the cost of living. Now, it is no way in the world. They're saying 80% of people's income are, is going to keep it a roof over their head. I don't know how you can make ends meet. I don't know how you can survive. I don't know how you can even exist if 80% of the money that you make is going to keep a roof over your head. And, and we wonder why everybody lives, why, and not everybody, why there is a large population of people that live in poverty. But, you know, the poverty line is not what they really call it. The poverty line is like maybe $12,000 a year, but it's actually like, the poverty line should be like $30,000 a year, really, to be honest with you. Because if, you not, if you're not making $50,000 a year, you're not, you're not going to be able to survive. Period. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Like in this country, if you don't make 50K a year, you have challenges that you have to face. And even people that make 50 have challenges they have to, they have to face. So it's, it's if you're putting more money towards your rent, towards your housing and your shelter, and when that's taken away from you, your stability is, is kaput. You feel, you, you're going you're gonna to respond differently. You're going to react differently. I don't think people pay enough attention to why or even people fight enough as to why we have to change these issues. Your rent should not be more than what you're making. You know, Ty, Ty what do you feel about that, Ty? Again, the cost of living has gone up over the past, uh, actually I've been tracking it for the past 10 years myself because I've been working two jobs. Mm. And if you don't have somebody working with you, like a partner or a spouse, yeah. or even a friend, like, Taking some of that load off of you, yeah. it's almost impossible to do unless you're making that kind of a money, that kind of money. Right. And again, if you say if you're not making at least fifty thousand a year, it's going to be a struggle for you, unless you got a partner that's making some money that can help out. In Philly, I've noticed in Philly they have um, encampments that they're trying to um, break down right now in a on the Parkway. There's mm. people living out on the Parkway in tents. Mm. They're leaving trash. PCs, everything. I mean, they're saying they don't have no place to live, but it seems like somebody's down there coordinating everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because they're that talking sounds- to a city city officials going back and forth. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. an Occupy type of thing, though, to be honest with you. I mean, they, they don't talk about that tent city up in Kensington, either. Yeah, you go, yeah. there's a bridge in, in Kensington, there's a bridge under there, and I guess it might be full of addicts or people who are homeless, yeah. and it is a tent town, it's a tent city. The last time there were tent cities anywhere in america yeah, city, yeah. was 1930 during the great depression that was the last time there were major tent cities anywhere so we have to realize that if they are building tent cities right now we're already in a depression mm-hmm. you can forget the recession you you can forget the, the whatever they want to call it whatever the media wants to call it we are in a full-blown depression Recession is, is, is short period time. It's like maybe a year. Or we're I in a think recession. this country has been slowly going into a depression. It has, though, Over the years. For years, it has. Over the years. Right. For years. And, you know, all the coronavirus yeah. did was expose everything. It just brought everything to light. 
Like, oh. And a little bit quicker. A little bit quicker than normal. I mean, it just brought every, it just well, put you, everything in shot. Yeah, a couple of years ago when they supposedly shut down the government. They didn't completely shut down the government. They just weren't paying the employees. Mm-hmm. Right. But that caused the problem. It started, well, I'm not going to say it started there, but that kind of got things rolling, you know. And then a year or so later, here we go with the pandemic or the, the pandemic. And that's just taking it to a whole nother level. I heard you say uh, some businesses are having a problem with um uh, some businesses are having problems with um with a coin shortage. No, no, pause. I don't know if you heard that, oh, pause. that no, that's shortage. that's major. How? That's major. Now look, I know we're talking about evictions and homelessness, okay? But the coin no, shortage. No, it's, no, it's, no, Ty, it's not just it's not just a coin shortage, it's a currency cash yeah. shortage. I go to AT. Yes. I have five ATMs in my region right now. I live in Upper Darby. I have five AT. I have five ATMs there. Yes, and none of them got cash. None. Nobody got anything. None. I mean, why was asking for people to bring change See, in for free yeah. coffee? Yes. Same and as that's because they're taking a change out of out of circulation. They're taking right the time. currency out of circulation. Right time. And 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 when they did they do that, people people are struggling. Man. They are yeah. man. They are man. When you when you take currency out of out, when you take currency, first of all, currency is different. P- some people live on cards. Some people live on currency. Mm-hmm. And the majority, a lot of us, a lot of us yes. folks, have been raised on currency, not on mm-hmm. card. We've been raised yeah. on cash in hand. Okay. How to count? How, how to count? Right. So when you start <laughs> taking money out, you start taking money out of, out, out of circulation. We have major issues. Right. Because mm-hmm. not everybody we pay and not everybody we deal with in our economy deals with card or electronic payment. Exactly. Period. Especially the older generation. Especially the older generation. Exactly. And I mean, yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I don't know what generation I, I, I call myself in, but I don't like paying with my card all the time because they track everything with right. your card. They track everything, what you do, where you go. Listen, I don't, I don't like doing it all the time. And even putting it online is, 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 is still a major risk. Exactly. So it's like when you think about the fact that people are facing evictions, and they're going to need cash, and they're going to need currency, they're going to need things to, to get them by, to get them to the next day, to get them to the next thing. And exactly. everybody has, a, like I said, nobody has a bank account like that. By this, ha- by this happening, then if you don't have the currency, how are they going to get cards anyway? You have to have currency. You do. You have to have a way for them to pay for stuff. You do. Yep. You so do. it's going to be, it's a big old down, it's a downhill. It really is. It's yeah. very sad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, and you know, family, I hate to just, you know, I don't like talking about subjects that make you depressed, but at the same time, you have to talk about them to understand what the reality is, what we're facing. If if it wasn't if it wasn't serious, then you know I don't think we would talk about it. But this is serious. This is this is an eye opener. This is this is what people are dealing with on an everyday basis. The mainstream media won't talk about this. Okay, mainstream media will not talk about what's going on with these people. They will be focused more on what's going on with the government and what the president is saying, and nah, 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 nah. I don't care about that. I care about my community and people that's in my community that are facing eviction, that are facing okay. being homeless, that are facing uncertain times and uncertainty in their future. Because the, the job, the job market is not opening up. So right. right now, people don't have people don't have people can't get a job. People's unemployment is cut, and now the 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 pause on their evictions is up, is coming. So you can just imagine the stress. And the anxiety that these people that people are facing. And I mean, this I'm talking about millions of people. I'm not talking about a small population. You know, they used to they used to put the homeless and and, and people that had that face these things into a subculture that this is a small yeah. population of people. This doesn't affect certain people. Like, no, this is not a subculture no more. And to be honest with you, they tried to always say like like the poverty line is itself. Everybody below the poverty line is a subculture in the mainstream media. Okay. So when we when these people have to face these situations, they don't necessarily want to talk to them. But it's real. But it's real. Your neighbor get evicted. You see how you feel about it. Right. Get that. You get evicted. You see how you feel about it. One of one of the things I've I've also noticed is that with this coronavirus, some jobs are being eliminated altogether, like management okay. jobs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're out of work, and there's no work for them because. Certain jobs are just being eliminated altogether. Altogether. You know, if okay. you're in like management or administration, a lot of those jobs are being just removed. Like a lot of companies are going to Zoom now. Yes. You know, working from home, office meetings are on Zoom. Some jobs are being cut. And you know, I've yeah. talked to a few people that, that have lost jobs like that, you know, in management jobs. 
It's going to affect a lot of people. I mean, those making money, they're losing jobs, and those that are living paycheck to paycheck, right? I mean, they're his yeah, the hardest again. Listen, I, the way the way I feel about it, T and Ty, I'm like, this is going to change the philosophy and the culture of how we live. Okay, people are going right. to have to start opening their hearts and their minds and their spirits and their souls a lot more than what they used to to help us combat this issue. Let's take a quick break. Remember, family, you want to call us with your comments or questions, you can call us at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. It's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. You'll listen to the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Michael from Upper Darby. Listen to Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Welcome back to the Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We thank you for listening. Remember, family, you can call us at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Now, family, on this episode, we were discussing on the last segment the effects of evictions and homelessness on the population in America. We were actually giving some stats and talking about how evictions are going to play a major role in people's lives and how homelessness is going to play a major role in people's lives in in the coming months, um, in the coming years. And because of the uncertainty of COVID-19, we are in a very a very trying time for for our country and for our people. On this segment, I wanted to make sure that we we tackled homelessness. See, what did you find out about homelessness? I'm going to start off with saying there's three types of homelessness in America. Those types are chronic, transitional, and episodic. The chronic is like the skid row. So that one would be from 40 up, like older generation, like the skid row, like they go back and forth between shelters. Um, the transitionals are like more of the money, like 18 to 31. They're like transitioning back and forth to see, especially right now for COVID-19, it's all transitional. People are losing their homes, they're losing their, they're losing everything. So this may or may not be their first time going out to have to stay in a shelter or have to stay out in the streets. They're not used to it. Yeah. So basically right now it's COVID-19, but if it's not, it's just the 18 to 31 year olds. Okay. And then there's episodic people who frequently are always homeless. Okay. Go in and out of homelessness. Like if one day you're here, one day you're not. That go in and out of shelters. And then I found out that um, 35% are unsheltered. That's, um, and then I found out uh, 65% are sheltered. So they actually do go to the homeless shelters. One in every 200 people will be expected to experience some type of homelessness at one point in their life. Mm. And mm-hmm. then I moved on and I started to research like vets and things like that. And we're sad. We are very sad. We don't treat our vets right, see. We don't, see. We don't. (laughs) Whatsoever. Whatsoever. It's very sad. So um, 9% of vets are 18 to 30. They'll be homeless. Um, 41%, 31 to 50 will be homeless. And the other 5% are ones that are either older or can be in between younger. They're, They're the ones on the base still, basically. How are you homeless on a base? You're on a military base, but when you're off, you have nowhere to go to, but you know that. Are you kidding me? I mean, look, I, I always, it, I mean, it's, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. I, I have always had respect for vets. My dad was a vet. Um, exactly. Always, me, myself, I'm not My one to be like, vets. I mean, you, you got to have respect for the vets because they sacrifice their lives for the country. So you got to have respect for them. You yes. got to have respect for what they yes. do and how they operate. So speaking of, as an yes. American citizen, you cannot not take care of the vets. Okay. Thank you. Period. Thank you. Sorry, Thank team. You. Go ahead. Thank you. So then I have um the top five ones are lack of resources and support. As we said, you come yeah. home, oh, thanks for serving our country, get a medal, call it a day. Yeah. I think not. Yeah. Then mm. housing. Because yes. the GI Bill, I remember I was in school with somebody, they didn't get their GI Bill until we were about to graduate. Seriously? Seriously? Wow. Are you kidding me? Yep. Then then uh mental PTSD. Mm. It's a real thing, people. It no is. matter what you think, it's a real thing. Like, how it can is. you go from protecting and serving all of, what, all of a sudden to be a civilian? Yep. I don't have a shooter mentality. I don't nope. have a killing mentality. I don't have any of that. Nope. 
So how the heck are you going to come back? You're going to have some issues. You are. And then the last one is Zombies. substance abuse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what the Because when you come from. back, if you can't get it. Exactly. And half of the people in this country right now that are homeless and veterans are from Vietnam. All the wars have their vets, but majority of them are from Vietnam. How long ago was the Vietnam War, Jimmy? Come on now. Jim, Vietnam was in the late 60s, early 70s. Exactly. Are you kidding me? It's 2020. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, I know. Thank you. But I do have a positive outlook. Some of the VAs, they do specialize in the housing program. Okay. Where they donate um, $150,000, but unfortunately only 40,000 um, $40, veterans can receive it. I mean, it's something, but still, come on, America. Come on, people. You can do it's better. Still, I'm sorry. They still put limitations on it. But why? They served. Half of people that are homeless in this country, 45% of them are black and Spanish. And 9% of female veterans are homeless, but most of the veterans that are homeless are male. I mean, those, those were just the stats on homelessness. And I mean, depressing is an understatement. They are, they are really just astronomically crazy. Like, uh, like, Blasphemous. What? like what? Blasphemous. You know, you. You, you, you know what, you know, here's the, here's the issue I have. We concern ourselves with so many other things during our days, during our life. I mean, from scrolling on social media to watching sports to binging on your TV stuff. You never realize how being homeless affects your psyche to mm -hmm. the extent of your worth, to the extent of what you feel like the person you are, who you are. You, it, being homeless is probably one of the most uncertain things you ever have in your life. You don't know when it's going to end. You don't know when it's going to end, and you don't know how you got there or why you got there. You might look for others to blame, but in our society, they tell you blame yourself. They tell you it's your fault you're homeless. They say, yeah, you're, you're homeless. You did this. It couldn't have been a reason as to why you're homeless. You're homeless because you did this. And it's like, no, that's not the case. People are homeless because the circumstances that they face prevent them from getting shelter over their heads. Most people are not homeless out of choice. And most people don't think this is the way they want to live the rest of their life. They say that being homeless adds an extra 15 to 20 years on your life. They say being homeless ages you. Here's the other problem. Here's, here's, here's the problem why homelessness should be an issue for everybody. Because people don't think that this is an issue. Well, I'm not homeless, so it don't affect me. Healthcare costs. Do you know who takes up 50% of the healthcare costs in this country? Do you know who does it? The homeless. And the reason that is, it's because they don't have shelter over their heads. So their lives are different. It is, it, it is by fact that if you, if, you, if you live in your home or you're homeless, you're going to live longer if you live in a home than if you're homeless. I don't have to do no research about that. Be, oh, well, this dude lived for 80 years. He was homeless. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. There are people living in, in some of the most rundown warehouses and, and cars and, and freaking under the bridges and in tents and all kind of stuff. And you can't tell me people feel like this is what they want to live with their life. You know, you can't tell me that. You talked about drug abuse, T. You talked yes. about why, why, why that's a big factor. I mean, up in Kensington, you can see why the drug abuse, what, what happens when drug abuse takes over. You can yeah. see it. Yeah, you see it. You know, and even, even where I'm at, I can go down 69th Street right now, and I can sit for 69th Street for 20 minutes, and I can see all types of addicts all day long. I'm they not used, one. You used to live in the uh, bus terminal down there. That's where they've been, huh? That's exactly where they yeah, are. In the bus terminal. Terminal. That's where they are. Yeah. You know, so you just, this ain't about, I'm not going to pay attention to. You can ignore it as long as you want to ignore it, okay? But the coronavirus is going to make you not ignore this anymore. Mm-hmm. Because you're in it. Because now we all in it. Because mm -hmm. it just don't affect you. I'm living over at home, but you being homeless affects me too. Mm-hmm. Not, and not being like, well, it affects me. You're homeless. It affects me negatively. No. It affects me to the point where I feel like, why are we here? Like, how we get here? How did somebody, all these people homeless? That don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. We are the greatest country in the world, Ty. We the greatest country in the world. That's what they say, Ty. I don't know, but you know. <laughs> we the, the greatest, greatest country, country will not be going through this. We the greatest country. You guys say, Swiss, Switzerland can be called the greatest country. They don't have homelessness in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And we're not allowed there. Some countries don't have homeless people. They don't. Yeah, see? They don't. Switzerland ain't exactly nobody. <laughs> how, how, great, how, great, how great are we if, if, we, if we have more if we have more homeless people than other countries that, that don't have it? 
Like you said, Switzerland don't have it. You know right. why? Because they provide places for their citizens who are who are in transition, who are chronically homeless. Right. You know what I'm saying? They provide these things. And this isn't some socialist type of idea. Everybody be like, it's socialism. No, it's not socialism. Caring for your people, caring for your citizens is not socialism. I don't I don't know what what people what what in the world people come up with. It's not socialism. Socialism is is taking care of people, is making sure people have social things in their life that they can live freely and easily in your country. Mm-hmm. Oh, I lost my job. Oh, I can go apply, I can go apply for unemployment and it, it'll be it'll be approved easy. Oh, I lost my house. I know I can go to this organization, I can go to this government entity, and they can help me not lose my home. Right. That don't exist here. That don't exist here. And you you can and if it does, when it does, they have these organizations and they limit everything. They limit everything. Yes. Point in term, if I, one one in four people who apply for public housing are the ones who get it. So if I'm if four people apply for it, only one person gets public housing. One. That's not right. Does, come on, does that, what, what kind of sense does that make? And what, and who's making these decisions yeah. to say that you get it and you don't? It makes no sense to me. Being homeless is the one thing America does not ever want to talk about. Because we, we market and promote the bright lights and the shiny stuff of this country all the time. But the negative stuff that, that we that mm-hmm. really affects us, we try to shy away from. You know, we, we try to do it. You gotta figure it. that oh, out by yourself. And you know, and seriously, you be in your car, you see the bull come around with his sign or whatever, whatever, and he, yeah, he might be scheming or whatever, but I have nothing to do with that. I don't know his circumstances. Even if he is scheming, I'm giving him what I have because I'm not out here begging. You get what I'm saying? You know how much you, you, know how much you gotta swallow your pride to go beg people for money? And now some people do that for a living. Yeah. I know, I know some homeless people out there that, that on a daily basis out there begging. I know there are always exceptions to the rule. But the majority of people who are out there do not want to be begging for money. Mm-mm. Doing it because they have to. You think vets who serve this country proudly want to be somewhere begging for money? You know, you think about it, the disabled community that is in this country. They can't get the jobs that, that people who are not disabled can get. What about them? Disability don't pay. Disability does not cover your, your income. I mean, your, your housing or anything. Disability is not enough. It is not enough money to cover anything. So I, I, that's why I say it again. If, if the cost of living has gone up so 70%, how is it that our, our salary and our incomes do not? And like you said, Ty, you talked about the managers that some of your, some of your friends who are managers, some, some people who were in management, probably making a good amount of money, who will now be faced with challenges they have never faced in their life. But believe me, folks, believe me, family, it is not a, a, a cakewalk. You know, don't, don't shun people and put, and put them down for their circumstances. It's not their fault. Yes, T. I'm sorry. My bad. And you never know if that could be you. So don't do that. Right. You don't you know. Don't. You never you know. You don't. You can, any, have, any you can have something now, and that tomorrow, poof, it'd be gone. Listen, any of us, any of us can go through this. You right. never know. You never know. When you was mentioning um, the three different types of homelessness, yeah. you mentioned something about a skid row. Skid row is like you've been back and forth into shelters. You've been, you've tried, but you can't get it. You just, skid row is just like what it sounds like. All the other ones are like transitional, like you may or may not. But Skid Row is like, I don't want to say the end because not necessarily the end. And I don't want to say give up because you haven't. Okay. It's just for some reason in America, yay, land of the great, we're not getting enough opportunities for you to get out of that. Like, right, like the half of the people that are in Skid Row, once oh. again, are veterans. Now in, now in Los Angeles, they have a neighborhood called Skid Row. Yes. Uh, the area is also known as Central City East. As of 2019, the population of the district was 4,757. Skid Row contains one of the largest stable populations between 4,200 to 8,000 homeless people in the United States. Mm-hmm. It has been known for its condensed homeless populations since the 1930s. Its long history of police raids, targeted targeted city initiatives, and homelessness advocacy make it one of the most notable districts in Los Angeles, covering 50 city blocks. So it's a huge area in Los Angeles. And they call it Skid Row because everyone is living there that's homeless. They're just, like you said, Skid Row, that type of homeless person. That, yo. Skid Row. You know, Todd. You know that the number, the number two and the number three homeless homeless cities in Amer- in the world are New York and L.A. You know yeah. that, right? Remember we talked about this, Todd. Right. 
the, yeah. the, the, yeah. those are the two, uh, the five, the top five in the world. Two of them are American, and they're the two major wow. American cities. They're not yep. like, you know, they they're not like no whatever. They're the two major American cities. You even mentioned that you said eight thousand fifty fifty city blocks, fifty city blocks. What? Yeah. I haven't had fifty city blocks in my town. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, fifty city though. That is crazy time. But you know, and like they yeah. don't go. Uh, you think people go to LA to go see Skid Row? I don't know. The sad part is people probably do. They probably do. Yeah. They, they may do it. But but you know, is it isn't LA a microcosm of what what's really going on? It has been going yeah. on for a long time. Cost of living going up, housing going up, people not able to afford it. And what do they do? Forget it. Yeah. it. I'm done. I'm, I'm scared row. That's where I'm going because it's too hard. It's too hard. In 2005, September 2005, hospitals and law enforcement agencies were discovered to be dumping homeless people on Skid Row. I'm not surprised. Not surprised. If, if, if listen, the shock, the, the shock does not, does yeah. not, no, doesn't, no, doesn't, doesn't shock me at all because that's that's the type of stuff they do. That's how they treat the homeless population. Okay, that's they how they treat people. Patient homeless. dumping. Yeah, they they don't they don't care about them. They don't care. Oh, you just you're just yeah. here to get this, and you're just here to get that. We're gonna put you right back where you came from. I mean, it's, it is just absolutely ridiculous. No, absolutely oh, ridiculous. let me find you help. No, let no, me find yeah. your resources. No tea, no. Just yeah, I, I work for a shelter for homeless women, uh, abused women, and most of them had either drug problems or mental issues. Some had a combination of both. The sad thing about it was they were just, they're just using these people to make money. If you're a drug addict, there's no way you can pay rent. Yeah. So they're giving drug addicts housing vouchers. They go get an apartment, and three months later, they're right back out on the street. I've seen a few of them come back to the shelter. They don't get treatment. They're allowed to still do their drugs as long as they don't do it on the premises. Some shelters don't have curfews. So these people are still allowed to do drugs and come back by a certain time. Uh, I'm not gonna name the company that I was working for at the shelter, but as a cook, I had to feed 22 women. They gave me a budget of $2,000. And I was having problems with the, I was having problems with the manager that ran a place because she wanted me to make these elaborate meals and change up the menu. And I'm telling her that with $2,000, it's kind of hard to feed 22 people a month. Oh, so God. I broke down the number. I broke down the numbers for her, and I said, "With two thousand dollars, if you divide that by twenty-two people on a monthly basis, it comes out to like ninety dollars and maybe seventy-two cents per person." I broke it down to a weekly basis, Jimmy, and it came down to maybe twenty-two dollars per person. So I went even further because we was having problems. I was going back and forth arguing with this lady about the menu. So when I broke it down to a daily basis, it came out to $3.24 per person living in that shelter. And I had to provide them for $3.24 a day of breakfast, lunch, dinner, beverage, and a snack. And they got all the sugar they wanted to because they were high on drugs, so they, they wanted that sugar. So they was always yeah. drinking coffee and tea. Yeah. And they would allow them to have the coffee and tea. So for $3.24, I'm supposed to make a meal for somebody per mm. day. Mm. And it got to a point where I'm like, listen, this is not going to work. We have to figure this out. Mm. But they never made no adjustments or changes to it. Because they don't care. So, no, a lot of these shelters make money off these homeless people. It's just so, a body for them. And, and Todd, that's what you, and I, that was what I wanted to really harp on when you said it. I mean, you, you broke down the really the details of how they're limiting people's life pretty much. You know what I'm saying? If I'm in a shelter, you can't yeah. make me, you can't, no, who's going to, who can eat for $90 for a month? Who does that? Who no. does that? You listen. I got I got a family of four. When I go to the grocery store, I got a I, I'm spending two hundred dollars easy, <laughs> easy. Okay, like no problem in my sleep. I'm spending two hundred dollars. So if you if they try to get you to feed twenty two people on ninety dollars for the month, Ty, you yeah. you know me. I I lost your mind. You don't lost your, I don't know what kind of math you doing or what land you living in. Yeah. That is not the way this is going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it doesn't work. It, it, yeah. The math doesn't add up. The people who need it, the people who need it the most, are not being, are not getting what they need. So, I mean, that's it's just crazy. I, yeah. I, I'm so glad you shared that. 
I'm and so glad you said that. You, you touched on a point too. Um, one of the things that happened at the shelter, uh, they made 302 a patient or a resident there. Yeah. So the cops yeah. will come, they'll take them to the hospital or whatever, and three or four days later, they're right back at the shelter. I'm like, well, what happened? They just let them go. A lot mm-hmm. of times they'll take them in for a mm-hmm. day or two, mm-hmm. let them come down off their high or whatever it is that they're going through. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't take their medication. Mm-hmm. You know, because when they don't get their meds, their psych meds, it's, it's bad cool. things happen. Yes. You yeah, know? That's when everybody else at risk, too. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true, yes. It well, is. What? Mm, I'm be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was, uh, a lot of the shelters make money off of bodies. They make money off of bodies. And, and you know, time, that's, and that's and you think about the economy of that, like, like they've always made money off of the off, off of people in poverty. Always, they've always used people in poverty as test dummies. They've always used them for whatever they want to use them for. They're making money off the homeless. How are you making money off the homeless? Like that is just yeah. despicable. Just despicable. If anything, you should try to get people not to be homeless. That should be the whole thing. Right. That should be your goal. Not to be homeless, not come back to my, not to come back to my shelter. Period. Point blank. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm, I am. That just, that's where my stomach, dude. Like, this is, and these are the organizations that are supposedly taking care of our homeless population, the ones that are charging for the bodies, the ones that are dumping people in Skid Row. These are the ones that we, right. that we look to to think that they're going to be taking care of these people. And that's not what's happening. As we always do on the Jimmy Boss Podcast on Philadelphia Radio, we do not point fingers without trying to find solutions. We don't be like, y'all suck. And we know everything. No, that's not the way it is. Okay, there are so many things that we want to bring light to that people, I guess, shun away from. You know, so it, it, it may seem like we're attacking this thing or we're attacking an organization or whatever. But no, like, stop running your organization. Like, like you're taking advantage of people. Stop it. Just stop. Just stop. If the if it was if it was more people who who use their organizations or their companies for what the purposes it was used for. Okay. Mm-hmm. It would be it. There would be a lot more people who who were healed from these from these 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 situations, because drug abuse and addiction, it's a sickness. Okay, it's a sickness. It's like any other sickness you have. It's like cancer. All right. So these people need medical help. These people don't need just hey, you just let me take it at three or two. You like these people need medical help. I can tell you for a fact. My wife used to used to give therapy to drug and alcohol patients. So I I, I hear it firsthand, just like you tell me, Todd. Like I. I, I know some of that stuff in and out because I hear about it. You think about how it, it's like, like they just don't care about them. You know what I mean? And and for people who serve that population, and when I mean people who care to serve that population, it is a tireless, thankless, never-ending job. Ty, I know you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, people who are in the trenches that actually care about the homeless and actually want to do something to help them, they have no relief. When you have people running organizations yeah. like this, they only give you $2,000. Yeah. I'm sure Tom, Tom, I'm sure you worked there for as long as you did. I don't know how long you worked there, but I'm sure you worked there as long as you did because it was a good cause. Not for the pay. Because yeah. you felt like it's something I need to do for, for this. I want to give back to my community. I can make some money from it too. Yes. But I want to do this because this is, this is helping. I can use my yeah. skills and my gifts to help people. But if you got people using their skills and gifts to help people and you're impeding that, you're blocking that, you need to be removed. Period. Quick, fast, and hurry. Thank you, T. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm gonna tell you like this. I'm gonna tell you like this. The nepotism that goes on in these organizations, the freaking I know you, blah blah blah. No, when you start getting people who run these organizations who care about the population they serve, and I mean care every day. I mean wake up every day and care. Okay, not sometimes, not 50 percent of the time. I mean all the time. And on that note, family, we're gonna take a quick break. You'll listen to the Jimmy Boss Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Michael from Upper Darby. This is the Jimmy Boss Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Welcome back to the Jimmy Boss Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We thank you for listening. Remember, family, you can call us at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y. B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Now, family, on this segment, uh, we were talking about evictions and homelessness. On the last segment, we were talking about homeless homeless population and the stats with the homeless population. 
Um, Ty shared one of his experiences with us about, you know, working at a shelter. Um, and T was giving us stats on vets and the homeless population and on Skid Row. Um, and, you know, family, it brought me to a point of really understanding that being evicted or facing homelessness is not is not a, a individual thing. It's a community thing. Um, as I said before, being evicted destabilizes communities. Um, and more and more times than none, when you are evicted, you have to go live someplace with that's more dangerous, you know, because the income is less, and um, um, you know the the resources that are in that community are, are often less. So high high crime areas you often have to live live with, you know. You know, I always share stuff with people. Um, I always share a bit of my story about it. You know, when I was when I was nine years old, I remember like it was yesterday. I came home from school and I used to I used to I used to take the bus by myself at nine. You know, back in the 80s, you could do that. 89, you could you could take the bus by yourself, right? So I was taking the bus by myself. And one day I came home, it was fourth grade. And I came home and I saw all my house prop, all my stuff on the street. When I tell you it changes like the way you feel about everything, everything. I mean, from my toys to my couch, to my bed, to all my, my personal belongings, all out on the street, people going through it, people taking your stuff. It pains me today to talk about it because it's just so, it's hard, man. It's hard thinking about it. You know, I look back on those times and I say like, yo, like people are really facing this right now. And people are going through a hard time in their life. And people are being evicted and people are homeless. And we can't, I'm sorry, yo, we can't we can't just let people be like this no more because you don't know what it's like to have to live with somebody else, have to live with your family members, people look at you funny, your family feel looks at you funny. Well, this happened because your mom did this or your family just like, yo, like no, it happens because people have circumstances in their life, but it just happens. They get evicted, they get put out of their homes. It changed my life forever. 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 I live with, I was nine when that happened. I, I don't think I had a stable place to live again until I was 15. I was in high school and everything. I mean, I went to school, I went to school every day, but I was, I mean, a stable place to live, not nothing. So I was 15 years old. It's a long time for a teenager to have to go through some, you know, just whatever. And there are teenagers right now that are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I hear, I, I, I yeah. do I hear you, I feel you. I know what you're going through. I know what you're facing. Personally, I know what you're facing. Because I had other times. Like, that wasn't the only time I was homeless. I was homeless again when I got older. And that was not a choice. I had to leave where I was living. D.C., the economy in D.C. is not made for people of color, okay? So if you want to yeah. get ahead, you have to move somewhere else. The cost of living in D.C. is too much. So I had to, I had to leave. I couldn't afford to live there no more. Just period. It costs too much to live in that city. And being a black man, all the resources or the jobs and everything are not always there for you. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go to college. I couldn't get a good government job like that. So it wasn't like, hey, you know? So people have to understand, like, look, this homelessness thing and this eviction thing is not nothing to play with. This isn't some, hey, people are homeless. Like, no. Like, stop letting people go through this stuff. Like, be there for them. Because I can tell you, it affects you for the rest of your life. If you if you're now if you're now facing a situation that you that you never have been homeless before, or you don't know what it's like to be evicted, and it's the first time you might first face some circumstances, you don't know what the way you're gonna feel. You don't know how you're gonna react. You don't know what you're gonna do. You don't know where your next money's coming from. You don't know how you're going to to eat tomorrow. I mean, I, I can tell you times my mom my mom fed me on checker burgers. I can tell you a time like that. They used to be a dollar. I can tell you that. I can tell you about times when my mom and my sister stayed in 30th Street, homeless. Did they have to be homeless? No. Did the circumstances make them be homeless? Yes. I can tell you about times when, when just, I mean, hard times. So every day I wake up, I am thankful that I'm not out there on the street. And I got my own. And I got my family got their own. And my kids got a roof over their head. My wife got a roof over her head. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, Ty, I'm sorry, T, but this, they, people don't understand this. This is not 
This is not nothing to play with. And believe it or not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect everybody. Because if they got 10 cities in L.A., they got 10 cities in New York. If they got 10 cities in Philly, they got 10 cities in Baltimore. They got 10 cities in Baltimore, they got 10 cities in, in Atlanta. This is going to face, everybody's going to face this. Because they're not, they're not giving any, any kind of recourse to say, hey, we're going to protect you guys from not being evicted. Hey, we're going to protect you guys from not, move, from, from not being homeless. The government's not moving on that. The people are not moving on that. It's not important to people. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, when you get there and, and, you, and you have to deal with that situation, it will be important to you. So that's why I need all our listeners, family, to not look down on these people, not look at them like, like they're second-class citizens, not look at them like, like it's their fault. Because you never know somebody's story. You never know how they got there. You never know. And for you to judge them, for you to judge people who are homeless, for you to judge people who are evicted, not even just shame on you. Like, you're not even American. Because that's not the American way. The American way is we take care of ourselves. We take care of each other. That's what they promote, right? We, 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 all, we, all, we all together. We all in this together. Then, yes, we are all in this together. This homelessness, we are all in this together. Evictions, we are all in this together. I don't care how much money you make. There are billionaires in this country that can solve this problem. Do you hear me? Easy. Overnight. Overnight can solve this issue overnight with a snap of the finger or a click of a button. But it's not important to them. It's not important to them. It's not important to the, to the powers that be. It's not important to the people that, that make the decisions. It's all about economy. It's all about the stock market. It's all about raising up the GDP. You can't raise up the GDP if people don't have a place to live. You can't, you can't worry about the economy if people don't have a place to eat. COVID-19, COVID-19 exposed a lot. What COVID-19 showed us that this country does not care about its people, period. You can be a politician, you can tell me you care, but your actions speak louder than your words. Yes. And I'm sorry, I had to I cheer it up. It's the only podcast I ever cheered up on. I share stuff with people all the time. It is a very real, real thing, people. Mm-hmm. Man, look, uh, I wasn't expecting it, man. Me, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. But from what you said, I'm going to take it that it was traumatizing. Because if it's still a pressure today, it had to be traumatizing going through it, living through it. And even to this day, it still bothers you and it hurts you. So if you're like that, I know that there's a lot of other people out there that's like mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I was nine. Man. I mean, I I've never, nine. I've never been, I've never been in that situation, so I can't really relate to it like that. But I'm, I'm taking it must have been traumatizing. It was, and I don't know how that affects people to have to go through that. You know, because I've never been through it. But if you're going through that, and there's millions of other people going through that. And right down the road right now, we're looking at a major eviction coming up with people Mm -hmm. renting and paying mortgages. We got some serious problems coming up. We do. And there's going to be a lot of traumatic people expressing themselves in the months to come because this is right down the road. I mean, it's actually taking place right now. Like you said, uh, you came home and you saw some of your stuff outside on the streets. A lot of people are going through that in Louisiana right now. Yeah, man. And there's probably another city too, but they're just not talking about it as much. Yeah. But I'm sure through social media, we're going to start seeing more of it. Yeah. Definitely. It, 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 I mean, I don't know what else, it's a traumatizing thing, you know? you know? And if you're living with it for this number of years, it has to be really painful and stressful. And I know yeah. you're never trying to go back that way again. Then you're going to do whatever it is that you have to do always. not to go that way again. Yes, you because, know? you know, Ty, like, I, that's, what, that's what I tell my wife. Like, you have to know that once that happens, you never, ever want to experience that again. Ever. You don't, you don't wish that on nobody. Like, nobody. Right. You know, like, I, like, that's why I, I even feel like sometimes it's hard for me to even, like, if I go buy, buy property, you know, I got, I got to rent out property to people, like, and I got to kick them out. Oh, man, you know, it's going to be hard for me to do that. I cheered up on it. Yeah, it's, it's traumatizing, dude. 
And, you know, my mom, I told you my mom was a school teacher, so it wasn't like, you know, her salary, she's a school teacher. So think about how much she made. And you just think about circumstances and everything that come along and, you know, maybe her mental wasn't always what it was supposed to be back then. You know what I'm saying? Like having four kids and trying to figure out how to make it. Like you gotta, people have the stresses of life takes, it it, it, it it compounds itself on you. You know what I mean? It, 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 it stacks up, it comes up, it comes one thing after another. And then you end up homeless. You don't know. You don't know what you're gonna do next, or how you're gonna do it. I mean, I lived in hotels, town. I lived with friends. I told you. I told you when when I was 15 till I graduated high school, my friends, my best friend's family took me in. Was like, no, you're not gonna be homeless. You're gonna make sure you graduate high school. My school did the same thing. No, you're not gonna be homeless. We're gonna make sure you graduate high school. My school costs fifteen thousand dollars a year to go to. Fifteen thousand. But them white folks at my school loved me enough to say. Jimmy, look, <laughs> you know, I know your, your circumstances are tough and they've been tough in your life, but we're going to make sure that you complete what you started. That foundation of having that school, right. has, has, that, that's what pushed me forward. That's what propelled me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't my family because my family shunned my mom. My family was like, hey, your mom ain't nothing. Your mom ain't shit, period. You know what I'm saying? That's what my family was. So, so when, you, when you start looking at your family, looking for help, they're like, you know, that. Your mom always asks for help. No, we can do. So it's like you just start feeling like, well, you know, I don't have a family. I don't have people who want to support me. So, you know, you start feeling like the people who do support you are your family. They might not be the ones you're born into, but they're the ones that, that God gave you. You know what I'm saying? The ones right. that people brought into your life. You can't understand as a teenager, which is why when I see homeless teenagers today, I always I understand completely what they're going through. As a teenager, you don't know what what your life is about. Like all you think about is what's going on. You know, going to school, doing this other stuff. Like it ain't. You know, but when you get to be when you get to be fifteen, homeless, you really push it in perspective. And I'm sorry to say that you really put stuff in perspective. You really do because what's what's important, what's important, <laughs> starts to become more about my survival than you know what's what the gossip is in school. A lot of my friends tell me a lot of my friends a lot of my friends from school tell me I was I, I was really private. And you see why, <laughs> you know what I mean? You see why I didn't share a lot of my information with people. I didn't share a lot of my story with them because it just wasn't something that I wanted to share. It was embarrassing. It's an embarrassing thing. It makes you feel smaller than who you are. You know what I mean? It makes you feel less than what you are. It makes you feel less than your worth. And the thing about it is the majority of people that are gonna be affected by this are people of color or us. Right. Minorities. I'm not saying our, our white brethren are not going to face this. I'm just saying the majority of people that are going to face this will be us. Because mm -hmm. we're the ones living, living from paycheck to paycheck. We're the, ones living, we're the ones living trying to figure out if we lose our job, the, the bottom falls out. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Once we lose our job, the bottom falls right. out. We, don't, we, 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 we weren't ever trained to make sure that we had nest eggs we didn't make enough money to have nest eggs you know what i'm saying to fall back on that's what i'm saying we can't we cannot point the finger at homeless people and say this is your fault i i just want people to understand that like you know from a personal perspective this is a real thing people the family unless we open our hearts and our minds and our souls we won't ever we won't ever get to a better place like we got to be able to look forward to helping people get to a better place we got to be we got to be a, a, a we got to be a resource and not a finger pointer. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, we gotta we gotta be an asset to these people, you know, and not and, and not look at these people as 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 second class citizens, as I say. You know, like because guess what? They vote count like my vote count. They might be homeless today, but you know, five years from now they might not be homeless. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you, you hear so many stories about people who are homeless and all of a sudden they become millionaires. You know, it's just it makes you realize. It makes you realize the country you live in, and it makes you realize the help that you have. On that, on that note, family, like I really can't share nothing else. I mean, I know I don't like to cry in front of people. Believe me, I, I'm a very proud person. If I cry in front of anybody, be my wife. <laughs> but you know, I had to really express that and, and share that with you because it was it's real. It's real. It's real, family. It's real. I'm gonna be quiet. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you shared it, man, because uh, you touched me with it. So I'm sure you're gonna touch your mm -hmm. listeners and everybody else that hears it too, because you know, is that's reality. You know, what I mean, what you said was reality. 
and you live through it. I mean, I, I see it in the streets, like when I pull up at the red lights, and like T was saying, like the veterans that are out there. You know, a lot of times when you pull up at those lights, you see the veterans, you know, some of them are limping, they got their signs out there, and I'm like, how come the government can't build a housing, it doesn't have to be a housing project, but a facility where they can have medical assistance, nurse aides taking care of them for the mental, the drug addiction, and anything else. Listen. They should be, they should build facilities for those type of people they should. to be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Even for those that are homeless, that, that are not the veterans, there's so much land area in America that's ridiculous. Thank you. I don't know why. Nobody should be homeless with all the land that's here. I just don't understand why there's homeless homelessness in America because there's so much land. When you see other countries operating in other terms and they have the same democracies we have, I don't know why yeah. we are we are facing what we're facing. But like I say, I always project it onto what the philosophy of this country is. You know, it's a me, it's a me again, and it's a me again. And if me can't do it, it's me fault. And I don't mean to talk like that, but you know, like that's the way people, that's the philosophy. Me, me, me. That's why I always say we got to break that. We got to break that philosophy. If you're helping people and everybody is, when I say everybody, when people, when people are at their best, when people are at their best, when they're living and they're stable, that's when people are at their best. When you're stable in your situation, when you know you're okay, when you know your rent's paid, your bill's paid, your light's on, you can think clearly. You can make better decisions. You're not making rash decisions in life. You're not thinking about who I'm going to rob to go pay these bills. You know, you're not thinking about what kind of what kind of laws you're going to break because because nobody cares about what's going, what you're going through. I'm, and I'm speaking for fact. People, these, these are things that believe me. Even being homeless, I had to think about myself. Should I go sell that package? I got plenty of boys I know that's in the game. Listen, I know them. Should I, should I go down on the street? That, I, could, I could have done that. But that's not what I wanted to do. That wasn't where my life was going. That wasn't what I felt that I needed to do. When you, when you have support, it changes the way you do it. These people don't have support. These people do not have support to say that I can, I can, I can have peace of mind. Man, there is no cost. There's no money you can put on peace of mind. There's no amount of money you can put on peace of mind. And to be honest with you, I think peace of mind is, is, has an infinite, infinity on it because when you have peace of mind and your spirit is calm, man, it, it changes everything. You can think clearly. You can, you can, you can move clearly and everything. I just, it's, it's a tough thing. And so speaking of that peace of mind, you know, I wish everybody out there, you know, even with this COVID-19 going on, I pray, I pray that you find peace of mind. I pray that you find ease and comfort. I pray that you're not evicted. I pray that you don't go homeless. I pray that your family is safe and everybody that you know is safe. Because right now, family, we we, we about to go in it. And if we don't buckle down as, as family and as people that care about each other, we're not going to make it. If it's every man for himself, we're not going to make it. If it's every woman for himself or for herself, we're not going to make it. Let's let's bond together, family. Let's come together. Let's let's really come together and really talk about how we can tackle this issue. You you said it all. You said it all. You really did. And if people don't get it now, then I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else anybody can say. Just pray and keep on going. Listen. Yeah, I mean, you said it, Jimmy. I mean, the only thing I have is um. Without hope, people become dangerous, you know? Yeah. Some, some people need hope. Like you said, you got to have hope. got to yes. have hope. If you don't have hope, people faith. need hope, yes. People need hope. People need hope. People need to have, we need faith. Like you said, see, it, it, it does get better. We will get better, people. We will. But it's going to take work. Yeah. It's going to take love. Time, energy. Time and energy. It's going to take this, people. It's not, it's not going to be overnight. But we got to start showing more compassion to our homeless population. We got to start showing more compassion to our people that are, that are in the poverty, that, that, are in, that are facing poverty. We got to start showing more compassion. You know, and, and, and maybe, maybe we'll be able to tackle this a little bit different. Fam, that's going to wrap the show. We want to thank you for listening to Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We ask you to leave your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, that's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Now, remember, family, we are still in the COVID-19 pandemic. So please, please, please remember to wash your hands, wear a mask, and practice social distancing. 
Also, remember to take nothing for granted and value every opportunity you have with your friends, your family, and your loved ones. For in these times, every moment is sacred. So until the next episode, you can find me on Good Hope Road, screaming, stay up, don't sleep in your dreams. I'm Jimmy Bonds, and I'm out. Fight on, come on. Fight on.